I, I don't know about you, but I have just been loving um, uh, the Nehemiah uh, Fixer Upper series that Pastor's doing. Uh, amen. I mean, that's just a good series. I love, um, I love the fact that the Nehemiah story is so much about a process. Right, and, and, and what, I, what, I, what I think is really neat about it, I mean, there's a lot of neat things, um, but, but Nehemiah goes and he's, he's building this wall and, 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 and God asked him to do it. But even though that God asked him to do it, there were still obstacles and opposition. Come on, somebody. Sometimes I get in my head that if God spoke it, then well. which isn't a bad thing, but then obstacles will come sometimes. And I'm like, what? Oh no, I miss God. I didn't hear from him. His word wasn't true. I got confused, right? And then, and then the mind starts to swirl, right? Yes, when he says it, it is gonna come to pass. But, but, but the fact of the matter is, is that we still have a part of it, amen? We still have choices to make and, and, and we still have faith to walk out through the duration. Pastor was talking last week. Um, <laughs> Pastor was talking last week, and he started to talk, talk about a little bit about the mind. Um, and uh, when he called and he asked, "Hey, would you would you speak Sunday?" Um, I started just asking and, and talking to Papa about, "Hey, what's something that's, that that you know is practical um, that you know I'm in and that, that would also that would speak life to people?" And the mind was really what, uh, really what God stirred up in my heart. Um, I don't know about you, bless you. I don't know about you or not, but uh, I daily have battles in my head. Anybody with me on that one? Some of you are just like way more spiritual than me and don't have that problem. Bless God, pray for me and impart. But if you are, if you are like me and that day to day, there is a battle that is waged up in your head, then let's jump into some scripture because here's what I believe. I believe that we have the mind of Christ. I believe that in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says that to us. And I believe that my God is not a liar. If he put it in his word, then there is truth to it. Somebody say amen. And that means that you have the mind of Christ. Let's just take a minute. You can touch your head if you want to. And I just think you should profess that over yourself. I have the mind of Christ. Man, I should probably do that every day of my life. Because you know what? I forget that. I forget John 10.10. That you know what? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But my God came to give life and give it in abundance. And that's the truth of the matter. My God died so that I can have life and I can have an abundant life. And you know what? Romans 2.11 says that he's no respecter of persons. So if he's died for me to do that, he's died for you to have that. And not just us, every single individual within this world, God has died so that they can have life and have it in abundance. That they can experience freedom and, and peace and love and joy and walk with that through their life. But remember that story of Nehemiah? Just because God spoke, and confirmed that that wall needed to be built, it didn't mean it was obstacle free. You know, different. <laughs> Um, I always tell the story that I grew up in church uh, and it's a true story. Like, you know, like at weekend services, midweek services, revivals, gospel singings, bless God. <laughs> that, was, that was life, man. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Some of you guys are like reminiscing. You guys are like going to, hmm, to a hill far away, you guys. Um, no, man, but, but that, was, that was my life. And, and I'm going somewhere with this because, you know, like I was saved when, when I was probably five years old, right? Um, and, and, and I grew up in church. Um, I heard tons of great teaching. But, I, but honestly, I had no idea that I had any control over the thoughts that came into my head. But you were a saved believer. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was just as miserable as everybody else. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, and I'll tell you what. So I, I grew up in church, and then, then I hit high school a little beyond, and uh, and began to drift from God. Um, and, 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 and I think that um, I got to a situation where I had those, that prodigal son moment, where I looked around at my life, and my situation and my condition. And I thought, yuck. This isn't, this isn't sustaining me. In fact, I'm way more miserable than I've ever been in my life. And then you have that realization at that prodigal son moment when you think to yourself, but in my father's house. And so then I had that moment where I turned and I ran back to Jesus. This is an action sequence in slow motion. There's like bombs exploding in the background. They're, gonna, they're actually going to put that in like post. Um, but anyhow, so I run back to Jesus. And like, you know what's great about God? Is man, he's always pacing that floor. He's always waiting on you to return. He's never like, I see you didn't return a text. It's not our God, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I got lost in my inbox. <laughs> um, bless God, he's not. He's that good father who's standing. He's waiting. He's watching. He's desiring that moment where you come to yourself and you do turn and you run back to him. And so I had that moment. And you know what? Then, then something happened. Like all of a sudden, I, I, God began to like open something up to me that I hadn't ever heard before. Um, or even if I've heard it, I never like got it down in my soul. Amen. You ever have those moments where like you've heard a scripture a jillion times, but then all of a sudden, like it comes to life. Mm. Okay. And all of a sudden that, 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 that whole concept of the mind of Christ came alive to me. Um, and I'd like to say that I had freedom and it never was a problem again. Yes. I'd like to say that. <laughs> but bless God, it's still, remember we're a process right? We're a process. And so like we make gains and we go from glory to glory, but we still have a part. There's still like, there's still this aspect of a little bit of, of discipline, of self-control, of things on our part that we're putting into the faith. Someone's like, I'm out. <laughs> He's, he didn't say exercise, but he said discipline. <laughs> <laughs> Bless God. But I'm going to show you something because the, the, I always, I like to know the why. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so let's, let's jump into this. If you have your Bibles, I know I talked about it before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Let's go to John 10, 10. Whoa, it's up over there. Woo. Um, 
Okay, so there's two parts um, to, the, to come into a, an understanding of that you have the mind of Christ. There are a couple aspects of the why that I wanna talk about. First and foremost is that so you can experience a full life in Christ. That's kind of a big deal. That's a big deal. See, because, because I, I don't know how many of you guys realize this or not, but the world wants to keep you down. The enemy is a liar and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I did read the words. I didn't write them. Someone else did, all right? And so the point of the matter is, is that this is in scripture. This is a description of what Satan's intention for you are. Now, here's the thing you've got to remember is that Satan is a loser. He doesn't have Adonis DNA. He is just a loser. He's a defeated foe. You know who defeated him? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ on a cross. Hallelujah. He, de he defeated sin and death and, uh, and, and the lies of the enemy on that day on Calvary's hill. Hallelujah. I don't have to fight that battle again. We are fighting from a place of victory. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, amen? You are not fighting from a losing position. You're on top of the hill. You've got the upper hand. That's a mindset that sometimes I forget. Because I get into a situation where things are raining down on me and, and things are oppressing. They oppress and you, had, you begin to get depressed right? And I forget where my real standing is. I'm not in a pit. I'm on a mountaintop looking at the devil who's in a pit. See, he's a liar that likes to twist the truth. The truth is not in him. Pastor Chad read uh, 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 last week that he is the father of lies. And you know what he always likes to whisper into your ear? What you're not, how you can't, that you never will. But God says who you are, that you can, and that you will. Hallelujah. And see, if you're hearing, if you're hearing something that's not full of faith and love and peace, then you're listening to a voice that's not of God. I'm going to say that one again. Somebody might want to write it down. Do we still do that? Is that does that happen nowadays? No, I'm playing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not full of faith, peace, and love, then you're listening to the wrong voice. If you're hearing doubt, fear, and unbelief, then that's not Father God inspiring that thought. So let's get back into this. Why? Why are we doing it? So that you can have an abundant life. So that you can live above the snake line. So that you can live in freedom to day to day go out and show the love of God to people. It's really hard for a miserable person to be nice. And I really wonder why anyone would look at someone professing to be a Christian who was miserable and down and whining all the time and be like, oh man, I want some of that. Can I please? I'm being real. And I'm just saying, I am the miserable person sometimes. But that's not what God died for me to be. I'm living below my inheritance. Come on. 
I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the fill full till it overflows. Dude, that's what I want. I want overflowing joy, overflowing peace. I want to guard my heart in a way that peace is the umpire of my decisions, my choices, and my days. You know, for a long time, I didn't think I had any control over that. I told you that in my little prequel. I just thought if a, th a thought popped into my head, I have to think about it. <laughs> What's well, there? Oh, how'd you get there? I don't know, but I'm going to think about you because you're there. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, pretty girl. Oh, ah, lust. Ah, ah, ah. What? Seriously, right? I don't have to do that. I can see a pretty girl walk by and think my sister in Christ. I, and it can stop there. I can just think, oh, that's insert name. What? I'm powerful in that. Well, what if that pretty girl's wearing short shorts and a tube top, insert whatever, clad things? It doesn't matter. I am a powerful man. I am not subservient to the flesh anymore. I am dead to the flesh and I am alive to the spirit. Too often men have used, well, she looks this way, she was asking for it and that sort of thing to somehow rationalize their evil behavior. That is a lie from Satan. Either we are men of God or we're not. Come on, somebody. We are powerful in our choices. That is, that is one of the most powerful things that we have is the choice to choose. And it starts at salvation and it continues through our sanctification and on to heaven. All right, well, that's one aspect of why it's important to guard our mind. But let's look at something else. Let's go over to Matthew 28. I don't think I get Matthew 28, verse 18. Going over to the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I, will, I am with you always to the end of the age. The first aspect of, 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 of this mind of Christ in, my, in my, thought, of my thinking is, one, so that we can experience the level of freedom that Jesus died to give us. The other is that then we can then be the go or the come of the gospel. So that we can then fulfill Jesus' statement to his disciples at the end to go into the nations. Now, now I believe that that is, is multifold, and I'm going to talk about that for a second. I believe there is the go to the nations. I believe there is the go to the neighbor also. <laughs> can I be honest? <laughs> Always, right? Yeah. Sometimes I think it's easier to go to the nations than to the neighbor. I'm going to use a scripture to validate that. A prophet is without honor except in his own country, right? Or within his own country. Um, but does that mean I give up on my neighbor? 
No, amen, good, yeah. Somebody's like, no. I was like, I was like hoping somebody might say no there and not just like leave it hanging um, <laughs> awkwardly, right? Yeah, right, no. But see, that's, that's the aspect is that I believe that God has saved us so that we can take authority over our thoughts, over our mind, over what we think and how we act, that, there are, that we are powerful people, that we've went from sin and death into life. And we can now then be that candle that you don't hide under a bushel. See, there's that go of the gospel where we're going out, where we're, we're going to nations, we're making disciples of nations, we're making disciples of cities, we're going into our schools, we're going into our coal mines, into our workplaces, to our Walmarts, to our Krogers, where we're showing the love of God and we're showing the life of God. But you know what? How can I do that if I'm walking in there and if the cashier's moving slowly, I'm finding fault with her and being grumpy when she gets up there. How am I showing light? See, because here's the thing. I'm going to tell a story. Golly, I'm all stories. I was at Royal King the other day. Bless God. I do love Royal King. And so, um, <laughs> so I'm, you know, you're shopping and, and I'm in Rural King with, with my toddler and my wife. Um, bless God, I had my wife because um, my, my child, I always tell stories on my kiddo um, and I love her. You guys know that she is my heart. Um, my goodness. Yeah, I, there's, <laughs> there's this moment, I've seen a lot of like animated movies now. So there's this moment in Storks where like the, the, the little, the, the orphan tulip uh, hears the baby cry and all of a sudden there's this montage of her being a mom with like a shield and like there's this fire and all these fiery darts and all these spears and she's just like holding this, 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 this shield up because to protect her baby. And I get that, all right? Like it doesn't matter. Like there's a big bear or a wolf and you're like, come at me, bro. It's my daughter, you know what I'm saying? All right, but anyhow. So we were at Rural King and we were waiting in line and the line was really long, okay? Does that ever happen to anybody or just me? <laughs> I mean, I could tell 15 stories about going to Kroger and how self-checkout was there, but I have lots of fruits and vegetables and I'm no good at that at self-checkout. And so I'm waiting like the one line. <laughs> and like, um, see, I believe that, that, that I have peace in my heart. I actually believe that that's, that's a fruit of the spirit, right? Because Galatians 5 tells me that. I'm also patient and I'm kind because God tells me that. So when those kind of situations happen and they happen, how do I respond? Well, I can excuse it away. This is incompetence. Why don't they open more lanes? I'm tired. I had a bad day. I'm grunchy. I need food. Are you a wolf? What is going on here? I mean, I think we're more evolved than that, but maybe not. All right, so my point is, is those are basest animal instincts that I'm going through, right? I'm not getting what I want, so I want to throw a fit. Baby, right? Except I'm a little older. But that's how a baby acts. They don't get what they want, and so they throw a fit to do get what they want. But see, I'm a born-again believer, I have the spirit of the resurrection living inside of me. I have the kind of power that brought dead cells back to life on the inside of me. This extra time in a waiting in a line is nothing. How trivial is that? And yet it's gonna give my joy and it's gonna give my peace and it's gonna give my witness? Come on. 
If I'm that easy to get off track, then the devil doesn't even have to work on us. I'm just being honest with you. See, I believe that Christians should be the hardest people to get into. That doesn't mean we're a walking mat, but it does mean that we are full of patience, that we're full of peace, that we're full of love, that we don't have to react the way the rest of the world reacts. In fact of matter, I actually believe that we can be a model to how to respond. See, I believe that the wisdom of heaven needs to be in the world. I believe that the wisdom of leadership needs to be in places with leaders. Because I think that when we do things well, people can still be like, oh, they do stuff well. This is biblical and I'm gonna show you how. All right, so in the Old Testament, there's this dude named Jacob and uh, he steals his birthright, right? So right off the bat, you're like, winner. Uh, But it all works out in the end. You're like, you're telling me about a story about this guy that stole, wait, yeah. Um, <laughs> he ended up being okay, right? God's a God of second chances. Prodigal son. Okay. Um, so he's working for this guy named Laban, who's his father-in-law. And um, Laban was, Laban was ornery, dudes. Okay, so like, so like Jacob, like he, he, he sees these daughters of Laban. He's working and everything. He's like, she nice. Laban, I'd like to marry your, your daughter. Okay, if you work for me seven years, I'll give you my daughter. Now, he had two daughters, an older and a younger one. And so Jacob works for seven years. He wanted the younger daughter, but on the wedding night, Laban switches it out and, and <laughs> Jacob marries the older daughter. Now that's sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, those of you that are married realize how sneaky that really is. Let it, let, just let the joke land and do its damage and all over here. So then Jacob, now this is what, Jacob is like, all right, you know what I really love? Your younger daughter, I'm gonna keep working. So he works another seven years for Rachel um, and, 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 and gets to marry her. Uh, now, now some things go on and I'm gonna get to the end of this story, but um, Jacob is ready to take his wives and leave Laban, okay? And uh, he's talking to Laban about this. And Laban says, yeah, mm, I don't think I want you to leave. And Jacob's like, why? Well, um, listen, God's with you and I'm blessed because of it. So what Laban's telling him, he's like, my flocks are flourishing and thriving. I'm wealthy and it's all because of God being with you. I believe if that can happen in the Old Testament with a dude who stole his father's birthright from his son, then that can happen in the New Testament when we're working in coal mines or stores or schools or anywhere that people can look at you and say, man, God's with you. There's something, even if they don't know the aspect of God, there's something about that person. I like being around them. I like seeing how they do life. I wanna do things similar to that because, man, that's just better. Because the wisdom of heaven is just better. You know, sometimes, sometimes at work, 
Um, I'm caught between two things. Um, I'm caught in the desire to react so that I appear a certain way to people versus what I feel like God is actually leading me to do. Maybe you've been there. Maybe someone has wronged you or or, or done something, and and you just want to blow up on them. You just want to let them have it. Now, there's there's a truth in speaking your truth. I'm not saying that. I'm hard-pressed to ever see Jesus before his accusers. He was even mute, wasn't he? See, we have choices to make every day. I think that if Jesus could be mute in situations where he was getting pummeled, tons of lies and accusations thrown at him, then we could follow the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit saying in this moment? How do I need to react? Because if I just blow up, that's just not the best way. Because you know what that says? That says, honestly, there's probably been bitterness and hurt that I've pushed down and not dealt with effectively. And then this situation has been, I can't take any more moment, and so I blow up. I'm gonna leave that one for a second. Cause a little damage. I'm not gonna mess that up anymore. But see, I believe if we're in a situation with an individual and they're doing something that's hurtful to us, we can speak our truth, but we can speak our truth in love. We can set the boundary. Hey, you know, I wanna do life with you, but this doesn't work for me. You set your boundary with them and then they have a choice. They have a choice to respect your boundary and continue in the relationship or push the eject button. I'm not turning my love off of them. Guys, it's tough in practice. I wish I could say it was the easiest thing in the world. Sometimes it gets easier. Sometimes it's tough again, right? Just let that drop, right? <laughs> let's, let's jump back in. If you have your Bibles, let's prove something. Go to 1 Corinthians 2.16. this last part. We started the day with it, but we have the mind of Christ. Just bringing it back to that. But you do have the mind of Christ. It's in you. What does that mean? How then, how, how then do I have some ammunition to protect that mind of Christ? Because you're saying I have it. I'm a born again believer. I've went from sin and death to life. What do I do with it? What do I do now that I have the mind of Christ? Let's see. Um, let's go to the, let's go to a, man, let's go to a gospel story. Let's go to Luke 8. Flip on over to Luke 8. 8, verse 4, and we'll see what's going on there. Something's happening in Luke 8. Pages are still turning, so I'm going to give you a sec. You guys are there already. Nice work. I had gold stars, I'd hand them out, but <laughs> don't have them. You guys remember Inspector Gadget? I'd have to have like his ability to do that up here. All right. If you're too old for Inspector Gadget, I'm sure they're rebooting it sometime soon. You'll find out what it is. All right, Luke 8, 4. Here we go. And uh, when a great crowd was gathering and people 
from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, don't you always just get excited when Jesus starts to talk in parables? You're like, he's going to release mysteries of heaven. And I don't know if I'm going to understand them, but man, he'll talk about them some more. And then maybe I will. All right. <laughs> a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and yielded and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I love that. I feel like I should open a sermon like that sometime. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's a dynamic opener. All right, well then, so, um, so Jesus throws this out. Don't you ever like sometimes just wonder what it was like, like setting under Christ um, and like you're walking along and all of a sudden he's talking about like sowing seed and like there's, you know, you're, you're that guy and you're like, what's he talking about? Something about seed? Oh, man, I'm hungry. I wonder if there's a bread stand coming up. And like you miss the whole thing. Don't be that guy, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Somebody's like feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit because they were thinking about Sizzler or something. <laughs> and it goes on, he says, and when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for, the others, they, uh, but for others they are in parables so that seeing um, they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, and this is what we want to talk about, is this. The seed is the word of God. Can I talk about see the word of God for a second? How many of you guys know it's powerful, right? The word of God is true, right? And it's going to perform what it's meant to perform. It says that the word of God is, 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 is mightier than any two-edged sword, right? The word of God is powerful. And so my, I, I want to start this story out by saying there's nothing wrong with the seed that's being thrown down. Amen? The seed's good. Okay. The one along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and, and takes away the word from their hearts. So this is where we're going with this. We're talking about our heart. Another way to say our heart is our mind, right? I know we talk about our heart down here, but like this muscly tissue right here isn't having any thoughts. This one up here is, Okay. It's thought is calcium, potassium, you know, ion balances. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Science. <laughs> the ones along the path are those that have heard the word. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But... These have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for, the, um, for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. I think I've been every bit of those soils. Amen. I've let the devil steal away a seed, a word, a truth in my life. I haven't kept my ground watered, my heart watered with his presence and have let a seed die in my heart. And I've let the cares of the world come up and choke out a truth of God in my life. I've been all that. 
Watch this. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. I want to talk about good soil for a minute. Okay, so my grandfather's family had, well, there were 14 kids. Okay, we had a huge family. And um, when I was a little boy, every one of them would put out gardens. And uh, it was always funny because they all gardened a little bit in their own way. Um, Like, for instance, my grandpa was the fastest to put out a garden. That's a thing, dudes. Being fast to put out a garden, I guess. My Uncle Chick, my Uncle Chick, he had the most rows of things. He had the biggest garden. And then there were other competitions, like who had the lettuce first and uh, whose tomatoes hit before July 4th. And there were all these things that happened that went on in this gardening, gardening family and stuff. But one thing that I loved as a little boy was harvest time. I loved and I hated it because at harvest time, all, all the kids would put all their food together, all their green beans, all their corn, all their maters, all that stuff they would bring in and we would have, we would have canning days. I have snapped enough green beans in my life. That's, how, that's why I snap so well. You're like, man, that guy has a dynamite snap. It's from snapping green beans. <laughs> uh, and yet I still love green beans. They're like my favorite. But anyhow, so like all this time growing up um, and I would garden with the family and that sort of thing, I really had no idea what was going on. I was like, really on canning day, I was more interested at the end of canning day when we made homemade ice cream. That was the part I liked. Um, But uh, my wife and I have started to garden uh, more and more. And uh, one thing that we've begun to realize is that you farm the soil, that the seed is good. It grows when it's in good soil. When the soil has the right nutrients, has the right pH, it's enough water, the seed grows. There's no weed stealing nutrients from that area, the seed grows. The word of God will grow in our mind when we're good soil. The question that arises in my heart is, how do I stay good soil? good question. Let's talk about it. Romans 12. We start to get into the word. We start to read the word and we start to let that seed of the word grow in our mind and start to transform how we do life. We stay in the presence of God. And like, this is the thing that gets me sometimes is that these are the cliche things sometimes about our faith. Read your word, it'll bless you. But it's the truth. If you haven't read your word in a month or two and you're feeling oppressed or depressed, I'm not throwing a stone to make you feel horrible. I'm throwing a truth bomb to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense because it's what happens in my life. Do you know there's this book, it's called The Battlefield of the Mind. When I was 19 years old, I read it for the first time. 
for about the next 10 years of my life, I read it every year <laughs> because I needed it. Every year before I would go back to work, I, was, I had my summers off. I would pick up that book and I would start to read it. Why? Romans 12, two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern that what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. At the end of our season, we usually turn over our soil, put some leaves on it, that sort of thing. We turn our compost to aerate it, right? There's this aspect of keeping your soil good. You have to continue to keep working it. If I use the same soil every year and I don't do nothing to it, it's gonna get depleted of nutrients. There's this scripture in the, in, in the gospels and it says that a good tree produces good fruit. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mind, your mouth speaks. Sometimes I like to do a fruit inventory of myself and also a word inventory. Where am I at in my life? Am I constantly frustrated, upset, depressed, full of shame? If that's the fruit I'm growing, nobody wants to pick them apples. I'm not meeting my first two tenants. One, I'm not experiencing abundant life. Two, I'm not going out in the world being able to make a difference. So then I begin to analyze, right? Let me show you scripture. You're like, this is too much thinking for the God, for God and the word. <laughs> it's just being silly. Philippians 2.12 in the Amplified. Can you bring that up real quick? Philippians 2.12 in the Amp. Turn up the Amp. I'll just read it to you. Um, so there, okay, there we are. <laughs> Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestion, so now not only with enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent. Work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and full com fully complete your own salvation. I like that cultivate, cultivate your own salvation. Cultivate that soil of your mind and your heart with reverence and awe and trembling self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness and conscience. So like, yeah, we can actually think about that. We can actually look at our fruit and say, is this the fruit of the mind of Christ that I'm producing? What are the words am I saying? Dude, I'm not a legalistic guy. I believe in grace. I believe in loving people and loving God and enjoying work. I believe in going home at the end of the day and loving your family, hugging your baby, kissing her, kissing him, loving your wife, reverencing her, protecting and powering her. In order for me to complete that goal, I have to inspect my fruit. Because if I'm not producing a fruit that's full of peace and love and joy and kindness, then I'm probably not spending time in the presence. It's really that simple. I'm not spending time in his word. 
And you know, here's the thing is that as I spend time in his word and, and, and I stay in there, I know it's better. I know, I know the fruit I'm producing is better. I'm gonna share a real quick story and then I'm gonna, we're gonna pray for stuff. So um, this has been a challenging year in my family. Um, not that prom and I are great and Viv's great, um, but prom's grandma, we've had a lot of transition going on with her. Um, she's, she's got some mental issues and we've had to, we've been her primary caregivers. Um, in addition to having a toddler and, and you know, prom runs a nonprofit and, and I work full time. So, I mean, there's lots of stuff going on, right? Um, but we all have those stories, right? If you look in your life right now, you got stuff going on. We all do. And so what I found that happened to me at the end of my school year was I was ready for the year to end. <laughs> You're like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and, and this is what happened to me. I'm gonna be, can I be, I'm gonna be transparent and candid with you. Um, I was looking at just, I just wanted it to end. Uh, I get a lot of like issues brought to me daily. And like, one of the things that I wanna do is I wanna hear people. And I, I, I want to, I wanna create a culture and a school that's loving, that's caring, um, and that helps kids. If at the end of the day, we're making a decision or we're making a choice, it has to be with a kid in mind. If it means more work for me, too bad. If it's better for the kid, that's what we want. That's, that's what I believe is the, of a heart of a school. It's about kids. Uh, it's about empowering them, working with their community to do that. Well, anyhow, um, I found that I was producing some wrong fruit because as, as problems were coming to me, I wasn't liking it. Somebody wasn't liking it and it was me. Um, I was grumpy about it a little bit um, and, and, and I felt like bitterness start to get in my heart. Um, and I started producing some, some fruit of bitterness in my own life. I just wasn't as happy. Um, and you know, there's, when, when you have a situation like that, you have, you have these options. You have fight, flight, or freeze, right? When you're in a, when you're in a situation where you have like a, a trauma or something coming at you, that's what you have. And so I found myself doing a couple things, wanting to fight and wanting to run. Get away from the situation. Just wanna get away. I should do something else. Or, yeah, you know what? You're gonna say that and this is what I'm gonna come at you with, right? Those are my, those are my extremes. It's not a, that's, not a, that's not the mind of Christ. That's the mind of the flesh. Well, when I started doing an inventory, why? It was easy to see. Was I spending time with God? Yeah, but not enough for the level of need that I was experiencing. Come on, somebody. Sometimes it's easy to like put, put, punch the religious time card. I've gone to church. I've done my morning devotion. Let's go. But for the level of pressing sometimes, we need more than what's always gotten us through. Sometimes yesterday's manna can't get you through today. We can't live on secondhand spoonfuls of revelation. I really believe that we have to get into our word in the presence of the living God and let him bring revelation to us too.